That was for somebody here today. That was for somebody here. Maybe you. You needed the reminder that uh, what you're going through, you're not going through alone. You're not alone. Thank you, Susan, for that sweet reminder through music. Well, <clears throat> we're going to continue our series called March. That is, we are marching for our commander-in-chief. He has given us some orders that we're to obey. And last week we talked about that we are a soldier. If you're saved, you've given your life to Jesus Christ, whether you knew it or not at that time, you entered into the army of the Lord. You are a Christian soldier. We has, as Christian soldiers, we have a cause to defend and uphold. And that cause is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth of God's word. And we live in a time and in a culture in our society where we are, as God's people, having to defend the truth, uphold it. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're called to do. And in the midst of us holding up the truth and, and standing for what we believe in, we are being persecuted, we are being attacked, we are being accused of, of intolerance and all of that. But really, friends, we have to continue to stand. Don't abandon your post. You abandon your post. We learned last week in the real military, you, you, you are court-martialed these days, but uh, back in the old days, you'd be shot. So don't abandon your post. Stand for the truth of God's Word. In your business, don't compromise it. In your home, don't compromise it. In your friendships, in your relationships, don't compromise the truth of God's Word. We also have an enemy to face in battle. And the, our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy is the devil and his forces of evil that, that have, uh, are, are garnering their best weapons against us. They're shooting those fiery darts. And some of you, all of us here, by the way, are engaged in this battle. Some of you are feeling it more intensely today than you did a week ago or a year ago. And, you know, it's been said that you're either in the midst of battle, you're just coming through a battle, or you're about to enter into a battle. Now, I know that, that's not very encouraging, but friends, that is the truth for a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're sincere, sincerely trying to follow Jesus Christ. And I want you to be equipped. I want you to know what's coming. Jesus tells us what's coming. So we have an enemy to face, and he's real. He's not pretend just because you can't see him. He's real. And by the way, the things you're feeling, some of the, the things you're going through, it's not just happenstance. It's not just circumstance. God may have designed it, or maybe the devil designed it. But listen, what the devil means for good, I mean for bad, God can use for good. And what God intends for good, the devil wants to twist and mean for evil. So whatever it is you're going through right now, quit trying to blame your circumstances and God and, and everything else and realize that what you're going through right now is a spiritual battle. And God wants to use what you're going through right now for your good and for His glory. But the devil wants to use it for your destruction and to cause the name of Christ to be blasphemed. So how are you dealing with what you're going through right now? Think about that when you're going through it. Lord, I, whatever it is, I want your name to get glory. I don't want your name to be blasphemed. 
I want good to come from this. So we have an enemy to face. We have uh, weapons and armor to take up. We talked about that according to Ephesians 6 last week. God didn't leave us defenseless. He gave us uh, weapons and armor to use. Go back and look at that. He also gave us a power we can call on from above. The last piece of the weaponry that, God, that Paul mentioned in Ephesians 6 was, was the air support of prayer. You know, when, when you're facing an enemy and it seems like there's overwhelming odds and an impenetrable fortress facing you, then the enemy would radio in for air support and those jets come flying in and drop bombs on that uh, fortress and destroy that enemy so that you can move and advance forward. Well, we call that prayer. Depending upon God, talking to God, crying out to God for help and strength because, listen, this is a battle you can't fight on your own strength, in your own power. You need the support of God Almighty. We also talked about at the end last week that this, what we're doing right now, this place, this service, our Sunday school hour, this is our forward operating base. Every, every battle, every war, every soldier has a forward operating base from which they come, they, they, they're sent out to war or to battle from that base. They come back to that base to resupply and rest. This is your resupply and rest place. It's where you're recommissioned. It's where you're, you're, you're re-encouraged to go out and, and continue, continue the battle. You probably don't feel the battle here. Maybe you do, but most of the times this is a place of, man, we just wish we could feel like this all the time, every day of the week. It's a spiritual high place, but we've got to go out in the battle. But every soldier, and this is what I want to talk about today, every soldier not only has a cause to defend, an enemy to face, weapons to take up, power he can call on from above, he has a higher authority to answer to. A higher authority to answer to. I want you to uh, listen to two passages of scriptures. I compare what the Bible says about uh, our higher authority. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, last week we talked about our enemy. Our enemy is those forces of evil that we cannot see. You see, when the devil rebelled against God in heaven, a third of all the angels followed the devil. So multiplied, I don't know how many, but thousands times, 10,000 times, could a third of all of the angels of heaven were expelled, and they became the followers of Satan, which we now know as demons. They were alive in Jesus' day. They possessed people. In the day of Jesus, I think they even still possess people today, except they cannot possess a follower of Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit can't abide where the evil spirit is. And the Holy Spirit lives in a believer. But these are, these are the forces of darkness, principalities, powers. You think, wow, those are some big dudes. I can't, how, can I, how can I fight a, an enemy I can't see? Well, the, your higher authority, the Bible says this in Ephesians 1.21. about Jesus. He is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. And not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. You see, the power we answer to is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he is the God Almighty. He's the victor of the ages. 
He has defeated the devil. We're not fighting the enemy for victory. The victory's been won on the cross of Calvary. The war is over. We're still in the battle, though. You say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it does in spiritual terms, but maybe not in physical, secular terms. But in spiritual terms, we still are here. We're still here. The battle's still waging. We're, we're still fighting in sin and temptation and, uh, of the devil. But he has just got a short time. The Bible says he's on a short leash for a short time. He's going to be doomed. But one day, we will not have to fight him anymore. I want to share with you from 2 Timothy 2. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open it this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We not only are a soldier, listen, this higher authority we answer to, we are his soldier. I am a soldier of Jesus Christ. I am a soldier of Jesus Christ. I have been enlisted by him. Follow with me as we read chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Paul writes to Timothy, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now we're going to work our way backwards from these verses. We're going to start in the last part of verse 4 because he says there, we have been enlisted by Christ. Now a soldier usually enlists in the army. Now I don't know, some of you who stood last week Maybe you were drafted. Maybe you didn't have a choice whether or not you could enter the military on your own or not. But most people today enlist in the Army or the Air Force, the Navy, the Marines, the Coast Guard, or whatever branch of the military you're in. We have been enlisted by Jesus Christ. He signed us up. Well, when did I sign up for this? I didn't sign up for spiritual warfare. I signed up for heaven. I signed up for things to be peachy neat the rest of my life. I didn't sign up for this battle stuff. Yeah, you did. You just didn't know it. And he, Jesus wasn't tricking you. It's all in the Word. It's just we're ignorant. You know, there's a reason the Bible calls us sheep. Sheep are ignorant. Sheep aren't that swoof. It, all here are black and white and red and white. Jesus tells us all up front. But when we came to Christ, we gave our lives to Him. We got eternal life. We got the forgiveness of sin. But He left us here. He didn't take us immediately to heaven. And while we're here, there is a battle to face, an enemy to face. He enlisted us in his army. Look what Paul said in chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Paul said, I've been enlisted as a, a missionary. That's what the word apostle means, one sent forth, by God's will. Look at verse 9. Paul says, not only did He save us, but He called us with a holy calling, calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. See, God saved you, but He's called you. He's got a greater purpose for you here on earth. Look at verse 11. Paul says, To which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. This was Paul, Paul's calling. He was enlisted by God. You have been enlisted. You may not be a preacher, you may not be a missionary, but listen, you're a soldier, and you're a soldier of Jesus Christ. He is our commander-in-chief. And listen, you'll never serve under a better one. 
Amen? You'll never serve under a better commander-in-chief because this commander-in-chief loves you. (laughs) He loves you. He's for you. He's on your side. You're not alone. He says, and go into all the world with the gospel, and wherever you go, I am with you. We've been enlisted by Christ. Secondly, look what he says in the next part of verse 4, just above that. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. We're not to be entangled in worldly affairs. You see, a lot of Christians get all entangled in in the things of this world that they're so distracted. God says in 1 John, no man, you can't love the world. Jesus said you can't love the world and him too. He said in 1 John, he he said, um, any man that has the love of the world doesn't have the love of the Father in him. We get so entangled. And I, Jesus said we're, we're in the world, but we're not what? Of it. But I wonder if we get that confused. We're so much in the world that we become of the world. We think like the world. We act like the world. We talk like the world. We do business like the world. We do everything like the world. And there's not much difference other than the fact that we show up to church on Sunday morning. But Sunday through, uh, Saturday, Monday through Saturday, we look just like everybody else. Why is that? Because we've become entangled in worldly affairs. Listen, soldiers, those of you who stood last week, those of you who are in the military now, or active duty, I don't know if there are any, there's no act, are there any active duty military here today? Any active duty military here? You know why? Hello! They've detached from normal society. They have not entangled them. They had to go to boot camp. How many of you have been to boot camp? Tickled you to death, didn't it, brother? (laughs) Most fun you ever had in your life. That's what I hear. You detached from society and you were put through torture, from what I understand. Then you were moved from boot camp to your military base. You were not in the everyday society. You couldn't, some of you had to be separated from your spouses. You were detached from everyday society. And then from, from your military base, you were sent to the battlefield. Detached from everyday society. And see, that's one of the things our soldiers are having trouble with is, is coming from the battlefield to everyday society. They call it post-traumatic stress disorder, which you know about already. But see... We're not to be entangled in the affairs of this life. We are a peculiar people. We are to be detached from the entanglements of this world. That is, not live so much for here, but live more for there. And for the one we answer to. Look at chapter 2, verse 15. Paul says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus, those are two guys he's talking about, are of this sort. They have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection has already passed, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ do what? Depart from iniquity. But in the great house 
but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. You hear what Paul is saying? This is just a small segment, a small taste of what a soldier, a Christian soldier must do. There are things he must with refrain from, and there are things he must give himself to. If you've ever been in the military, you know that to be true. You have to give yourself to discipline. You have to give yourself to a certain uh, uh, diet and, and, and eating a certain way. It, you can't just live like you used to live. You won't be fit for the commander-in-chief's use. They won't fit, physically fit, mentally fit, emotionally fit soldiers to go into the battlefield. Not slobs. And see, we can't be entangled. We've got to be fit for the master's use. We're his soldier. Keep going up from that, from in, in verse 4 there. He says... No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. So, there's that word engaged. We are engaged in his war. We're engaged in his war. The commander-in-chief decides where we fight. You notice that? In the history of your life, that the commander-in-chief, he decides what wars we're going to enter. He decides what battles we're going to fight. Well, the general decides the battles, but the commander-in-chief decides the wars. We're in spiritual warfare, and it's not our fight. Oh, I love, I, I wish you would go back and read, um, I wish we had time to go back and read uh, 1 Samuel 17. David versus that big guy, what was his name? Goliath, nine and a half feet tall, little, little shepherd boy David. And, and his brothers made fun of him, said, oh, you can't face that guy's. You're not trained in battle. And, and, and David said, hey, God gave me strength to fight the bear and the wind and to, and to kill the lion and, and protect our father's sheep. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He's, he's defying God. And so he goes out with a sling and a pocket full of stones, and he goes out to face the giant, and the giant says, who, are, who, are, who am I that you're sending this dog to face me? David said, you come to get against me and with sword and spear and javelin, said, I come against you, how? In the name of the Lord of the host of Israel. And he said, today, little David said to big boy Goliath, I'm taking your head. Today the Lord's going to deliver you into my hands. For he said, the battle is the Lord's. It's not your battle. It's the Lord's battle. You see, what I'm going through right now, this hardship, this difficulty, this, this, yes. Maybe the devil designed it, but it's not just your battle. It is the Lord's battle. I like Jehoshaphat. I like that story too in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Go back and read that one. Jehoshaphat, funny name, king of Israel, facing a numberless horde coming against them. They had intimidated their army, intimidated the people of Israel, and Jehoshaphat's intimidated. He's scared like any king would be. But he did the right thing. He went before God and he said, God, we don't know what to do. 
but our eyes are upon you. Listen, that's what some of you need to say here today. God, I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of my rope, but my eyes are upon you. Just tell me, show me what to do. And you may not hear anything or see anything, but you're looking to him. And Jehoshaphat got a word from God. Jehoshaphat said, the, the Lord said to him, you won't need to lift a finger. Just go stand in front of him. Go stand. And listen, this is interesting. He said, go stand and face your enemy. He said, but you're not going to have to lift a finger, but face them. See, God may not deliver you from the battle. You still may have to face what you're facing, but you may not have to lift a finger. He says, he told Jehoshaphat, he said, for the battle is the Lord's. Listen, we're engaged in his war. Therefore, we're not to be entangled in worldly affairs. We're, we're, we've been enlisted by Christ. And notice what he says in verse 3. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure hardship. It ain't easy. Listen, you are, if you're a Christian, let me ask you something. If you're, I mean, seriously, I'm not just saying you walked down the aisle, you, you gave your, you said this little prayer, you got baptized, and you went back to living the same old way. Listen, you ain't saved if that's what happened to you. I'm telling you, not on the authority of God's word. If your life did not change, if you didn't turn from your sins, all you got was wet in the baptistry. Salvation is when Jesus changes your life. You're not the same. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things, all that garbage has passed away. All things have become new. doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means your life has made a 180. Now, those of you who are seriously saved, genuinely born again, let me tell you, you know, I don't have to tell you this, life is hard. Being a Christian, following Christ isn't the easiest path in this world, is it? It's going to be difficult. But you must, as a soldier of Jesus Christ, disciplined in his work, endure hardship as a good soldier. Soldiers are trained to endure hardship. That's the purpose of boot camp, to make, it so, make them so miserable, to, to recreate even the more intense the more intense the training, the more intense the hardship and training, the better they'll survive in the heat of the battle. See, they're trained for hardship for the sake of their cause, for our cause, freedom as a nation. Look what Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.8. He said, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Paul was a prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. We don't want to talk about the sufferings today. We just want to talk about the fun. Verse 12, For this reason I also suffer those things. Look what he says in chapter 2, verse 10. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. Look at verse 12. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. Chapter 3, verse 12, he says... Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Jesus Christ will, what? Suffer persecution. Chapter 4, verse 5, Paul says, Be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Verse 7, he said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Paul did not have an easy life when Christ Jesus changed his life. He had a very difficult life. I could read for you his Resume. This is Paul's resume. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty two. Paul says, From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Five times he was beaten 
39 stripes. Five times, do the math, times 39. Three times beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times shipwrecked and spent a night and a day floating in the ocean. In journeys often in perils of water, perils of robbers, perils of his own countrymen, perils from the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness. That doesn't sound like a nice, neat, satisfying, comfortable life, does it? Who would sign up for that? A fool. But I'd rather be Jesus' fool than the devil's fool. I'd rather have everybody in this world think I'm a fool and God be pleased than God think I'm a fool and I please everybody here. We must endure hardship. And lastly, and I close with this, verse 1. He says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We are enabled by Christ. I know that I haven't painted a pretty picture of what it means to be a soldier of Jesus Christ this morning. I didn't intend to paint a pretty picture because it's not pretty. If you've ever fought in battle, and I've, had some, I've heard some gruesome battle stories. We've had members here who were shot out of a, a, an airplane and survived, who were POWs and survived, and they told me some of their stories. It wasn't pretty. It was hard. It was difficult. But they were enabled. They were empowered by Christ to survive. Listen, it's only by His grace that you can endure the hardship of, of being a Christian. And everything you face here is worth the victory parade at the end. You know, whenever I see a Vietnam vet, I go out of my way. And, and I, I, the only way I can tell is if they're wearing a hat or something like that. Or if they have any vet, if I notice that they've got any insignia on them whatsoever that, that tells me that they're a vet, Tanner or I will try to go out of our way to thank them. But especially Vietnam, for some reason, because I know how they were treated when they got home. They were despised. And so I will go out of my way, and I, I did this the other day in a restaurant after we finished eating. I noticed a guy had a ball cap. Actually, he didn't have it on. He was a gentleman. He had it set down on the, at the table. And it was face where I could see, and it said, Vietnam veteran. And I walked over to him, and I said, Sir, I just want to thank you for serving our country because I know you didn't get a proper appreciation when you got home, and I'm sorry. And he said, You know, you're right, I didn't, but thank you for saying that. Listen, it's a thankless job down here. Nobody's going to pin medals on your chest for living for Jesus down here. And if that's what you're looking for, you're going to be sorely disappointed. If you're looking for the praise of men, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Because it may or may not come. But listen, you're, you're not working for people here. Who's your commander-in-chief again? Jesus Christ. He's the one paying attention. And listen, he's got the medal record. He knows all you've accomplished. And you know, a soldier that's fought well and long, when they get home, the victory parade, and they get to stand before their commander-in-chief, and, and he pins these medals of honor and things upon him that he's earned. Listen, Jesus Christ has rewards for you soldiers. He has not forgotten you. He is not ignoring you. He's watching and he's seeing. And even when you fail, listen, 
You say, well, I, I lost a medal there. I, I, I failed. I didn't succeed in that battle. But you fought, did you not? You fought. And sometimes when we fight, we lose, don't we? We don't like to lose, but we fail. Listen, when we fail, you know, we don't leave our brothers behind. We bring them home with us. When we fail, God doesn't leave us there. He picks us up, He cleans us up, and He brings us back, and He bandages our wounds. And He bring, nurses us back to spiritual health, and then He puts us back in the battle. I'll tell you something else, it's a prime you pump for next week. You're not in this, not only without the Lord, you're not in it without your brother. You're not only His soldier, you are a fellow soldier. And those people sitting next to you today, they're in it with you. You look around this room, everybody in here, soldier, everybody in here, fighting a battle of some sort, going through some sort of difficulty right now. And it's either God wants to use it for your good and His glory, and the devil's wanting to use it to destroy you. Endure. By the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's His power, it's His strength that will enable you to go the distance, to finish strong. And to hear those wonderful, coveted words, well done, my good and faithful soldier.